0: Hey everyone, it is episode 221 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff, and as we mentioned last week, there's been a perpetual lie nearly since the beginning of this show, and it wasn't for not having good intentions or not trying really hard, but three guys 15 minutes you know it's just really not enough and then we and then we 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 kind of took that little maybe it's a white lie or we took a little exaggerating and said well you know we we have a little intro that we talk about every week and at the end we see what's coming up so that's not really content that's just kind of letting you know You know, where we've been, where we're going. But the actual conversation is like 15 in the middle. And then during COVID, forget about it. It's been, you know, 25, 30. We have no excuse. It's just, you know, we we think we have a lot to say. And, you know, judging by our recent listens, we do have something to say because someone is going through or some peoples are going through and sharing and listening and we've already had almost as many listens since we've been on our new platform in the last couple months than we had all of last year. So I'm really encouraged by the fact that you're listening and you're sharing. So thank you for that. I mean, it's two weeks in a row, but I'll keep, as long as you keep listening, I'll keep saying thank you. But and speaking of last week, I mentioned that, you know, we're smack dab in the middle of summer and boy, did it not feel like summer today. Good grief, Oof. man, it was hot. And of course, you know, hurricane season in Florida. So, you know, by... You know, there's no other way that this could possibly go in a total 2020 type style, keeping with its pattern so far, as maybe the most bipolar year in history. The Gulf <laughs> of Mexico and the Atlantic Ocean teamed up to bring us not one, but two hurricanes in the Gulf at nearly the same time. They'll be in the waters <laughs> at the same time. Of course, this isn't unheard of. Last time it happened, I looked it up. It was 2002. So 18 years ago, it happened. <laughs> but this is just so 2020. You know, murder hornets, the COVID, everything. So, But we're (laughs) we're thankful that it seems that Florida will largely be spared any ramifications outside the panhandle. But our prayers, of course, are with everyone in the cone moving forward because, hey, we've all been there. And with this year, you know, you've got COVID. You've got kids, you know, studying at home trying to make all kinds of things seem normal that just aren't. And it only seems that like that's just one more thing that we're already piling on to a stressful plate. So, you know, parents, we feel you and everyone else in the line of this. You know, we're just praying for the best And that if nothing else, can we just keep power? Is that too much to ask? Can we just (laughs) Just keep
1: keep, power? Just
0: keep power. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. Pray you have a generator. That's all I can say. (laughs) All right. This week, you know, as soon as I saw the title last week and they closed out the podcast and I'm like, all right, what are we talking about next week? Discipling like Jesus. And I'm like, well, aren't we raising the bar for ourselves next week? (laughs) And Andy set the stage for us as disciples. And he tried to calm our fears about this, you know, the difficulty in attaining lofty discipleship goals of discipling like Jesus. He said, as followers of Jesus, one of our goals is to be like Jesus, to learn from our master and replicate his methods, his tricks of the trade, the ways of the master, Jesus way, his method, his technique was not and is not a complicated one. Now, when I think about goals and as a follower to be like Jesus, the first words or thoughts that come to my mind are not that it's going to be easy that it's not uncomplicated but rather <laughs> that I stink at it and at times I'm not completely sure what someone like me can I don't know what what can I really expect with such seemingly impossible goals and yet he finishes with his method his technique was not and is not a complicated one how can that possibly be true Andy how
1: <laughs> well it really it's, it's if you think about it it's it's really such a normal human process if you were going to become um, a leading citizen in a small town it's exactly what you would do
0: (laughs) well that's true
1: (laughs) that's true you you, you get to know the people you sympathize with them (laughs) you you try to minister to their needs and that wins their confidence and you say hey you know vote vote for me you know (laughs) Come, come follow me
0: Oh, what what a season to say vote for me! Yeah, yeah
1: how, exactly. How about, how
0: about that? So, is there? I mean, why would anyone look at us like they did Jesus and simply follow our imperfection in showing his methodology and his ideology? Why? Oh, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, Jeff is about to join us. Hold on. All right, let's do this. Hold and accept. Let's do that, Mister Sankamani.
2: Hey Randy.
0: Hey, welcome to the show. Are, no, don't are worry. Are you
2: guys already recording? We are. We so, so say yeah. welcome yeah, everyone.
0: Yeah. So we're saying welcome oh. Jeff. He's here. So <laughs> the the question on the floor and you know since you're here we'll let we'll throw this one your way. Yeah, that's a good plan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we we just kind of talked about this discipling like Jesus and, you know, his methods being and like Andy mentioned in the sermon, his method, his technique. It wasn't and it isn't a complicated one. But why would anyone look at us like they did Jesus and simply even if his method and technique was not a complicated one and still isn't? I mean, I'm pretty sure that mine is a whole lot more complicated. Why would someone look at us and just simply follow our imperfection in showing or our attempts to show his methodology and ideology as we try to become this disciple of Jesus? It just, you know, it just seems difficult.
1: I think part of it, Randy, is that, you know, it. If, if we were trying to get them to follow us, just to be following us, well, that's true. Uh, that would be bad, <laughs> <laughs> and that is um,
0: bad. That's a bad idea. Don't do it. And the
1: whole and the whole idea of discipleship is following Jesus. So we're really just demonstrating. Uh, we're using his his technique, his method, to be able to get them to, their attention to the point where we can invite them to become followers of Jesus too, um, and. Yeah, we're, we're going to deal this coming week with a little bit of this whole, why would, uh, you know, what do you have that anybody would want? Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: that's a good one. Let's make sure we cover that one in depth, shall we?
2: <laughs> well, well, and that's an interesting thing because, yeah, and that brings up this whole idea is that we're not holding up ourselves. This is not us uh, leading the, the the way. This is actually us just – uh, in a sense, partnering uh, with them and saying, "Hey, I I'm just like you. I'm, uh, but at least I can maybe find a, a sense of peace, a sense of joy, a sense of um, belonging in the world where those those things do not get hmm. shared very quickly, especially in the realm of a lot of friendships. It's pretty much a me first or a What are you, you know, what have you done for me lately kind of a thing. (laughs) So when you actually share, yeah, when you actually share something that is meaningful to someone else for the sake of literally just providing fulfillment to them and in in an altruistic way, I think that's kind of a really good thing to, I mean, I, 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 I go after that, yeah.
1: It's sort of rare in our world, a little bit too. Yeah, I, but you know, if you think about, uh, if you think about being a follower of a musician, you, you you really enjoy a certain musician's style, vocals, the way they put their songs together. If they're songwriters, how they write their songs. Even if you sing their song, you're not asking anybody to listen to you sing it.
0: <laughs> well, I you're know I do. You're, yeah. just,
1: you're just yeah, you're just inviting them. Hey, you gotta you gotta to listen to so and so. They're really good, and you know, kind of thing. And I think you know if we think about creating fans, uh, followers, disciples, people who want to sort of study that person, then we're in, we're intrigued by the by his methods and what he did. And like like Jeff said, if, if we can be altruistic in our world and relationships and friendships, that may be pretty out of the box, uh, even even in our culture today, for sure. Absolutely. Well,
0: and the reason I ask that is because I'm wondering if there's a way that we can communicate and maybe start with a clean slate, maybe just more effectively than we have in the past, more honestly than in the past as a faith community of followers, that this is truly about, you know, believing and following Jesus. And it's not an exercise in ulterior motives like baptisms or, you know, making someone a denominational follower of Christ Or for just financial support for a church or a building or a cause. Because so much of what the history of the church has been has just turned so many people off. I'm just wondering, that causes a lot of people to just go, "Mm -mm, I don't want any part of that. I I don't think that's for me because I've seen this movie before and I know how it ends. How can we be (laughs) – how can we do better – even like you said, like we're not asking you to follow us. We're trying to shine that light onto Jesus. How do we better work that? I don't know. I don't even know how to say it necessarily, but it just seems like so many people get hung up on that. That I think we need to we need to do better at that, and I'm not sure what the answer is.
1: I think you're talking about the reality that there is a, a, a phenomenon that happens to every organization, no matter how how wonderfully they start out. Eventually, they begin to believe that everything revolves around them, that they're like the people before Copernicus who believe that everything revolves around my world and that's how it is. And so whether it's a a business organization or a charitable organization, just one of the dangers of organizations is they end up becoming self-serving. Self-preservation becomes their chief end. At some point. Yeah. So I I think that if we can the only only way we can reverse that is and people have to have to taste and see and try it. Are we really truly not trying to manipulate them or control them or exploit them, but we're trying to benefit them? And they're going to be skeptical for a while because because organizations tend to. I don't sell you Girl Scout cookies as a Girl Scout organization because I really think you like cookies and I want you to enjoy cookies. I sell you cookies because I'm, I want to support my organization. And they're overpriced. I mean, they're good cookies, but you feel you feel good for a little Girl Scout and you want to help them out. So you pay more than you should for these cookies. <laughs> Uh oh, and I don't you know recognize if you're doing, you're doing it to help the organization. I don't
0: know if they're overpriced, Andy. I, we may have to okay. we, may, we may have to arm wrestle on this one because I, I okay. you know, okay. I, they're pretty good. They might be worth everything. They're good. <laughs> I know
1: they're delicious. They're deli- I'm a, I'm a I'm a guilty sinner. That's for sure. Oh man. But but I think I think the if it's going to take some exemplification of Christians in our world today to be able to overcome some of the dangers and some of the damage that organizations have done to the cause of Christ. Absolutely. And, yeah.
2: I think, and, it, I think yeah, that's yeah. the hard part is, is the ones because it's usually, you know, you get these polarity of, of, of thought. There's always going to be the Westboro Baptists. There's all, there's going to be a that mm-hmm. contingent, but they get, you know, they get pushed out in the front line and they're the ones that in a sense get held up as this is what Christians, this is what Christians do to those that, uh, you know, they don't like, that yeah. they don't fit into their, their group. And, uh, and I think it's sometimes it's really hard because everybody wants to belong. And yet Jesus, it wasn't him trying to start an organization. He was certainly starting a movement, but I don't think he really wanted, uh, like Andy said, a self-preserved organization that literally only folds into itself. Yeah. And so I think that's the part is we have to look at this from a grassroots movement from the standpoint of, it's me. It's It's not how, you know, what my organization thinks. It's not what my denomination thinks. It's not even... What my, you know, friends think it's me. What is my heart telling me to do? And how am I going to display Christ in my life? And that's where it has to start. You can't be worried. I know that sounds like a. No, I get what you're saying. So you can't be worried about the organization.
0: Right. So how do we at Whole Life Church and maybe in the past and, you know, we haven't been meeting here for a while, but and maybe moving forward once everything gets back to whatever the new norm is. What you just said, you, you can't think about this as what does anybody else think? It has to be me and my relationship with God, and and someone else is going to see that and resonate with it because it's – I don't have any ulterior motives. It's just me saying this is who I am. This is what I believe. This is who I love, and he loves you just like he loves me. And for some reason, the Holy Spirit can work through all that and, and make this connection So what have we done or what are we doing or how have we helped in the past? People, our congregation, our church community here at Whole Life Church, what's been the most effective way that we've tried to support our members or given them tools of some sort to help in this discipleship journey where we say, yes, everything, you know, there's a denomination, there's a church building, there's a church community. But we've empowered you to be, what, self-thinkers. We've pr- caused you to be exposed to different ideas so that we can resonate with more people. What's been the thing that maybe we've done the best in in working with this?
1: Well, I don't know. I, I We've done a very bad job at training. Because if you, if you look at Christ's method that we talked about in the sermon this week, you know, that we what what are, what are we doing to help people understand how to connect with other people how do, how do you build those bridges of friendship and relationship how do you how do you show yourself friendly? What does it mean to hang out what does it mean to mingle how do you practice hospitality we need we need training on all that stuff and then we need courses on how do you, how do you best empathize with a person without mm. without getting sucked in inappropriately you right. know how do you have right. boundaries and still sympathize and what does that mean and what does it look like? And then as you discover needs, how do you avoid getting overwhelmed by all the, the size of the need? Oh my lands, you know, I can't I can't buy this person a house and put them in it and they they need housing.
2: Right.
1: You know? right. So so how do I how do I even minister their need? And and so to be able to help people understand how to take bite-sized ways of helping to minister to a need versus taking on the person's problem as one's own. And then we need we need training on, on how do you how do you eventually have that conversation and say, you know, we've got to be good friends We've enjoyed our time together and there's a, there's part of who I am as a follower of Jesus and it's just so important to me. You know, and have you ever you know have you ever thought about following Jesus too? Hmm. I mean, how do yeah. we frame that conversation? How do we practice that conversation? So this becomes a, a natural part of our sort of modus operandi is individual because we've, we've said that we're a church without walls fully engaged in certain people in our community. And that means our circle of influence. So it, 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 they're all over the place. It's not like, it's not like a group effort kind of thing. It's an opportunity for each person, individual.
2: You're right. But there's a lot of things that we still need to do. And boy, we're so far behind in on a lot of, a lot of areas. But one of the things that I think we've done, and I, I was just thinking about this this week is because I'm really missing the fact that I don't think we're going to have a church retreat this year. But the idea of what we're able to do with the diversity of thought and the diversity of culture and the diversity of race in our church, what we've been able to do is to be tolerant of having different ideas and still holding on to that that sense of belonging to it, it be a part of the whole mm. and i think we've done a I, I don't want to toot our horn but i think we've done a good job of in a sense breaking with the solidarity that happens a lot of times with the we and i mean that by the saying you know like here's the tax collector coming into the the group of disciples and all the rest of them are all thinking He doesn't belong here. He doesn't belong with us. And Jesus breaks with that solidarity Mm -hmm. of what us means. And he says, no, that's not how my kingdom works. And I think we've, I'm not saying we're perfect at it, but I think that's one of the beauties of what I like about our whole life church is that there is a lot of different thoughts. Matter of fact, I was in a Sabbath school class this week. There's so many different thoughts going on. Yeah,
0: absolutely.
1: (laughs) And
2: yet, And yet there's a sense that I can call up any one of them and have a really good conversation. I may not be able to influence them to what my thinking is, but I certainly could influence them from the standpoint of we do love each other still and we're still in this big arrow together. I love that because So I I, I, well I love it because I do like that part. Just growing
0: up in the Midwest and Jeff you, you can relate to this probably the same as I can, growing up in Wisconsin there was nobody that didn't look like you or at least, you know, was the same, was the same color as you, your background was pretty similar. I mean, there wasn't a lot of people like here in Florida where it's just a melting pot of people from all over the globe, you know, besides the visitors that come, but just your everyday life was not like this. And I see how my girls are growing up and they are just exposed to all this culture And all these different ideas,
1: much more multicultural.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and it just Mm -hmm. makes sometimes Ellie will just say the just the most random things about. Well, did you know about this about this culture, or did you know this about? Where did you come up with that? Oh, so and so at church, I talked to them, and did you know that they're from you know the Virgin Islands, or they're from you know the UK, or this and that? No, I didn't. You know, well, you know, maybe the. The accent gave a little bit away, but, you know, you never know for sure. (laughs) And it's such a different feeling to know that the people that you see, the people that you get a chance to interact with and who show you grace on a regular basis that don't look like you, they don't think like you, it makes you immediately go, well, what if a whole bunch of other people that look like them and talk like them and think like them You know, what if they're just as nice of people or they're just as good of people as this person that I've met? And all of a sudden it starts to take stereotypes and it starts to take unknowns and it starts to give you a comfort of, you know, there's probably no matter what you might read in the online or what you might see on the news that there's probably a lot more people in the world that are really nice like this person that I know than than what you see or what other people tell you there is. And I think that makes a big difference. At least it it does for me. But I want to read something that Andy said, describing the idea that we should be in this discipleship realm and to see how we can best benefit those who we are inviting to experience Jesus. I think this goes back to what we were just talking about. He said, everybody needs something. Maybe it's just a word of encouragement, or maybe it's a meal. Maybe it's a little piece of advice, or maybe it's months of in-depth professional counseling. Whatever surfaces as a need... We can, in the power and authority of the one who has all power and all authority and who has promised to be with us to the very end of the age, we can minister in some way to that need. We may likely not solve the whole problem, be able to meet the full need, but we can minister to that need and bring some relief. So in some way, bring, we can minister in some way, not always, but in some way to that particular need, not all needs. And we can bring some relief. And that last sentence really gives me hope to someone who looks at this and (laughs) says, you know, I'm not great with people. I don't know what to say. It's hard for me to make friends. I don't approach people just because I can barely hold myself together. What could I possibly do for somebody else? And then when you read that, that, you know, we don't have to, and it's pretty likely that we're not going to solve the whole problem or be able to meet even a portion of the need, or you know, and, and certainly not the full need in most cases. But we can minister, we can get ourselves into action and actually bring some relief and I think that that just is such a that just makes discipleship a bit easier to consider and realize it can fit our abilities too you know is it a is it just a guy thing that thinks we have to solve everything in order for that time to be successful? <laughs>
1: It may be, it may be. You know, and, and to realize that really, if, we, if we'll if we just do the three things that Jesus did, if we'll, if we'll be a more intentional, you know, if we'll mm-hmm. make sure we're really relational, then we'll have the opportunity to be invitational as well. Yeah. And those those three together give us, again, again you know, so one of our philosophies at, at Whole Life Church at first Thirty plus years has been that you know the professional is not coming to do this evangelistic thing. <laughs> it's 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 uh, it's it's our it's our thing, and this, mm-hmm. this, this this is the way Jesus planned for it to be done. You know, he planned for a disciple to disciple a disciple who will disciple a disciple who will disciple a disciple. Sort of an Amway plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the original. The original. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Multi, network marketing, multi-level, multi-level, level, multi-level marketing. yeah, yeah, am anyway. we? So are we diamonds yet, guys? Isn't that the big level? <laughs> uh, no. Probably not. No, <laughs> you know the the thing I thought about as I watched the message on Sabbath, and you know it just seems like faith seems to play such a large role in discipleship that you know I think it almost has to come down to us realizing that we are just simply a tool out of many. So whatever our tool is designed for in our spiritual gifts, you know, we're just here to plant seeds through those gifts and that the real work is really done. The heavy lifting is taken care of by the Holy Spirit. We just have to be available. We have to be willing. And, you know, maybe this is the hardest one. We have to be as loving as we can be so we can be approachable. We can be relatable. And sometimes for, I know for the novice or the first timer or the, maybe the introverts, I don't know. This seems like a really big hill to climb or to conquer, to just say, I'm going to just put myself out there because I'm a little afraid if I do, you know, what's God going to bring? What's he going to put in front of me? Do we have anything, maybe like a good book or any other kind of resources, a blog, something that we can share that, you know, maybe if it's someone that just doesn't know where to start and maybe some ideas that can help them with just the tiniest of baby steps into becoming a better disciple
1: there are some great books. I mean, there's the, there's discipleship by Bill Hall, which is sort of like the granddaddy book. that covers the whole subject very well. Um, you know, really, it, I really think we make it so much harder than it makes to be. You know me, I'm a simple guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's um, <laughs> right. So we need sometimes.
1: Yeah, I, I really think it's as simple as I, when I, when I went off to boarding school, as a junior in high school. I didn't know anybody there. And, um, I, I wanted to get, make new friends and have friends there, and I'll never forget John Strickland was the chaplain of the school, and he he said to me, "He said, Andy, if you want to have friends, you got to show yourself friendly." I thought, "Well, this is not this is not rocket science, <laughs> you know." And and, but, uh, yeah, and yeah, so I just, so I I just decided to be friendly. I was going to treat seniors and freshmen and everybody in between the, the same and be nice to everybody. And, and it, was, it, was, it was miraculous, the number of friends, o- almost overnight. So I, I really think if I was going to tell people one hint about this whole thing is stay connected to the vine, build your relationship with Jesus, you know, work on that for yourself. You know, just keep, keep, keep that connection strong. And then go be friendly. Uh, people go extroverts, introverts kind of thing. You know, these are gregarious people that are out just talking to everybody. Hey, but but introverts have friends too. Yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> you know, they might even so, have
2: stronger friendships.
1: It may, may be deeper and more real. Yeah,
2: very possible.
1: so, just, just, so I would just say that everybody listening, if, you, if you're really interested in being a disciple maker, go show yourself friendly. Mm,
2: yeah, so, I like that. You know, um, just really quickly, the other side of that is is that a lot of times there are people who really struggle with their own assessment of themselves from Mm. the standpoint of, am I lovable? Am I likable? And and this Mm. takes all that away from the standpoint of, God made you that way because he loves you. And the whole point is, yes, you are lovable because I do love you. And that just turns the whole thing around on its face and says, I don't have to do something or be somebody to be a lovable person, to be a disciple. I can just fall in love with Jesus. And that's all I need to do because he's already told me I'm a lovable person. So I think it, it works on, the, on both those fronts. Yeah, takes a lot
0: of the pressure yeah. off
2: too. I like that. Yeah. Well, and this week, one of our whole
0: life takeaways, I really enjoyed this because it's something that is always on my heart personally. And the question was, or the takeaway question was, who do you want to understand they are welcome? And for me personally, I just know so many people and have so many friends that are former believers, former disciples themselves even, who have been hurt by the church or by people so harshly or so repeatedly that they no longer see any goodness or kindness. They just can't see past what they have endured. They don't see a reason to engage or to follow the leader. The leader has become confused with rules or affiliations or focusing on the imperfect followers of the leader. And I'm thinking of three people right now that have been on my heart since I looked at this question, that I want them to understand that they are still, in fact, welcome. And I reach out in different ways and and at different times. And, you know, that's just my prayers, that those people that we have in our hearts, that the Holy Spirit continues to just tap us on the shoulder and say, maybe you should call this person. Maybe you should text this person. And like Andy said, just be Just be friendly. Just be out there. And I think that uh, this week, that's my goal is just to pray a little extra for those people and uh, maybe reach out an extra helping this week just to see if there's a, a response to be had or if there's a seed to be planted. So who just popped into your head? Who needs to know and how can we show them that the welcome is always available from the leader, even if not from the followers? And guess what? The uh, the welcome is always better from the leader than the followers. Don't ever get that confused. It's always better from the leader. So if you have something you'd like to share, send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send it an email, podcast at wholelife.church. And our final thoughts this week, I really, really enjoyed this. I think this was a great way to end this and end the message. It was very near the end. And he said, mix it up, mingle, hang with people as one interested in their good, not out for your own. Sympathize with their story, minister to their needs, win their confidence, and as one beggar telling another beggar where the bread is, invite them to join in following Jesus. And this is Jesus' plan for the kingdom, to reach the whole world. This is the whole plan for building the body of Christ. There's no plan B. We followers, we disciples are the plan. And then you kind of think to yourself, <laughs> Wow, you know, Andy, this whole thing about, you know, the professional guys that go out and do the tent revivals and all the rest. And yeah. you know, this is it. <laughs> this is us. We and we're probably and I don't say probably. For me, I know we're more effective. That much I know. If we are working at our relationship, like you mentioned, with Jesus and keeping that strong, then I think we definitely are hands down more effective. So Next week we are still in Whole Life Discipleship series, and what are we? Oh, discipling others—is that right?
1: Yeah, it's discipling others, but it's going to be a it's going to be a little, an interesting angle. I think this
0: isn't an invitation but, uh, for judging, is it?
1: Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> well, I, it's 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 an it's an <laughs> it's an invitation. It's a little bit of a. Uh, I can oh, I can I think about fans. Okay, and, and some people get really mad. Even yet, when you when you consider disciples, fans of Jesus, but if you think about some of the qualities of a the fan, they're enthusiastic, they're excited, they're joyous, they're filled with all these wonderful feelings about their relationship. Even though it's way secondary, maybe with the star, uh, but they're sure. still they're still ex- they're excited about it, and. There, there's there's got to be something there's got to be something that Christ does in our lives that makes what we have attractive, hmm. and uh, we'll talk about that this week.
0: Because it's not judging. That's not uh, it's not attractive.
1: No. So, so, okay. Judge. So all right. So we
0: know it's not. We know it's not that. We've confirmed that. That's good. That's good. All right. Well. <laughs> not that. <laughs> Well, Jeff, thanks for catching us. Uh, Even though we were part way in, it's always good to have you here. So thanks for calling in. That's going to do it for this week. So, you know, don't miss this discipling others thing next week because I don't know. Andy's, you know, he's trying to work the edges here and I'm not sure where we're going to end up totally. What you got, Andy? I
1: was going to also remind people that uh, following the service uh, after after the 930 service and again after the 12 o'clock service, we're having a thing called Rewind. Rewind, sermon <laughs> rewind. Okay, I'll be talking. I'll be having an open Zoom meeting to answer questions and talk about discipleship. Um, ah, to, right. to wrap up this series.
0: To yeah. wrap it up. Okay. Well, I will. Uh, I will get that information, and uh, I will throw that into the show notes. So swipe up today. The information will be there, and if the Zoom link is prepared, it will be there. If not, it'll be probably a link to the website where you will find that link. So one way or another, I'm gonna go make... <laughs> you're gonna go yeah. make it now.
1: Yeah, I'm going right now. Okay, so that's it. You heard it from Andy. So if it's
0: it's not there, I didn't get it from Andy, okay?
1: I thought they've already sent this to somebody. (laughs) Oops. (laughs)
0: Oops. (laughs) But it will be there, I promise, because Andy said so, and I believe him. So, all right. So definitely don't miss next Tuesday evening. Speaking of grace, as always, next Wednesday morning, we'll be back for episode two twenty two. And, you know, this whole rewind thing, if we get any good uh, questions or anything we want to rehash there, we may take a couple of those as well. So that's going to do it. Thanks for listening, guys, and have a great week.